Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Uh, Jackie McMullen joins us every single week at this time, and she's on the AT&T hotline. Jackie Mutton Lou, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Did the free throw shooting arm survive uh, the great uh, free throws for hunting disease this weekend? You know, I had a really bad day there. I played in the morning. I played for like two hours in the morning. And I guess I used to be able to do that. <laughs> I, I got there. I, I, honest to gosh, I was gassed after like three minutes. My daughter kicked my butt and so did my son. So we're passing the torch, guys. We're passing the torch. Allie Boyle was the winning member of the family this year. But I, but I heard it was a great success, though. Yes, we did. We had a really good, um, a good time, a good day that. We raised a lot of money, and I thank all of you uh, listeners that donated, Mutt, you as well. Um, so we had a good, a good turnout, a lot of young people, which is what I like, because um, um, if I slayed the gene, it would just be so great if we could get a cure. I really wish it could happen for Huntington's disease. Oh, but anyway, thanks, everybody, for their support. I really appreciate it. Is the, is the right arm still sore is the question. I'm lefty. Oh, lefty. So I'm lefty. You know what the problem was? Um, so I broke my thumb about three months oh. ago. I think you guys knew that. And um, I should have wrapped it, and I didn't. And I got home. My thumb looked the size of, like, one of those cartoons when you get hit with an anvil or something. So that was the real problem. You know, Jackie, we were talking, commenting early in that win last night for the Celtics and talking about the fans and how excited they were for that yeah, win. And saying, cool. you know, that's when you go to the game, that, that's the way it, it should be, you know. And, right, and right. I'm almost at the point now where I realize this team is not going to finish in the top three or four, and I want it to happen organically anyway. So yeah, for this right. young group, is that an important win, or do you, you still look at it as kind of conflicting? Well, I mean, it's for the guys on the floor, it's super important. For the coach behind the bench, it's critically important because he's trying to figure out, Who's with me here? Right. Who's with me? And who's with me going forward? And, you know, Bass has been struggling, and I thought he had a great game last night, um, defensively as much as anything. Did a great job on Bosch. And, uh, and, you know, the Rondo saga will continue because is he with you, is he not? He certainly played like he was last night, didn't he? I mean, he was as good as he's been since he came back. He looked uh, fluid, and he looked confident, and that little floater was going, and, um, you know, he was dishing the ball. And so, Yes, I think it is important for the guys on the floor and the coach behind the bench. And, and I would guess that even Danny Ainge and anyone else that wants them to get Jabari Parker or Andrew Wiggins or Dante Exum or whoever it is, you get caught up in a game like that and you want them to win because it's Miami for crying out loud. Boy, everybody hates Miami and they hate Ray Allen even more still, which is confounding to me. There you go. And, I, and I, I'm unlike you guys. I can't move past it. I'm so frustrated now. When, when Gary Washburn writes, this is a good win, it builds momentum, I, I just sort of shake my head and say, whatever you do this year, Jackie, I think it will have zero effect on next year. Like, if they lost every game the rest of the season, I would say, how'd the Spurs do the year before they got, you know, Tim Dunn? No, the, right, right. I would say no, the Celtics. I, it doesn't, fair point. There's no carryover to next year. There's no momentum you can build. It's all about getting the best player possible. Well, the only carryover, I think, Mud is, but I agree with you mostly what you just said. It's absolutely true. But, see, I'm, I can't help myself in any sporting event when I see a team playing hard and playing well. It's just counterproductive. To, I just, it's hard to say, well, they deserve to win that game and then 
say, no, but they don't want to, you know, it's just, it's right. It's human nature not to think that way, but you're right from a business perspective. All that is true, but I, I do disagree that there's, there's no carryover because Brad Stevens has to find out, does he want to go forward with Avery Bradley or not? You know, do they want to trade Brandon Bass on the off season or maybe they keep him? See, and I, I guess I assume Jackie that he doesn't, Maybe I'm wrong, but he doesn't have a whole lot of say in that, that if Danny Ainge you know, can get a, a restricted free agent Avery Bradley back and it's not a crazy deal, that he'd be back. If they Their decision on Brandon Bass has already been made by Ainge, whether or not they're going to trade him or keep him. You think that's still in flux and that Brad Stevens has an um, input in those moves? I do. Probably probably more Averys in than Brandon Bass. But I think some – what about Sollinger and Olenek, too? And I think everybody just assumes, well, they're back. Well, they're both fours. And once in a while, one of them plays five, which is putting them out of position. So what's the future of those two, and which one do you want to hang on to, and, and those kind of questions. But, but overall, look, every team needs to win once in a while. I'm sure the Sixers would tell you that. Yeah, Jack, you know, watching that game last night, seeing Avery Bradley have that game, you're reminded we really haven't seen he and Rondo together. And when no, they are together, no. it is something special. Well, it's defensively it is. You know, I'm, I was thinking about this from the Heat perspective after the game. And of course, obviously, LeBron didn't play. And uh, I actually saw him in the locker room before the game. I was talking with him, and all of a sudden he pulled something out of his back. I said, well, what's that? And he said, oh, it's electrical stim. And I walked out, and I said to somebody, he's not playing tonight. <laughs> when you get electrical stim in your back, you know, a half of uh, 45 minutes before the game, you're not playing. And he was eating a McFlurry, too. That was another good mm, clue. Those are good. Um, but, but – if I'm the Heat, what worries me is a team like the Celtics, who clearly is on the lower end of the NBA ladder, can shoot over 50% against me. And, uh, and that was because of Avery Bradley and, and to a lesser degree Rondo down the stretch who made some big shots. So if you're the Heat, you're looking at your last three games. All three teams have shot 50% against you. You've lost six and nine. And in that, um, three or four of those teams that you lost to have shot over 50%. So you got you got some defensive concerns, which you thought you'd never say when you're talking about Miami. It's funny because we talk about the tanking aspect of Philadelphia, and everyone makes the right. joke now. And I, I think the lottery, the way it is right now, Jackie, is okay. What I think is that the guy who's replacing your guy, David Stern, now Adam Silver, you read Zach Lowe's article, column yesterday on Grantland, and he's got mm-hmm. Adam Silver quoted in there. In a story where Zach Lowe basically says the lottery wheel is coming in some way, yeah, shape, is. or form, the lottery wheel is coming, and I think that is going to be—I think it's an overreaction to a, a conversation about tanking. I think the league has it right. A big change, I think, is is going to be drastic for the NBA. No, no, no. But see, here's where here's where you're mistaken on that because the lottery wheel has been coming for about five or six years now, and the architect of it, by the way, is none other than Mike Zarin, the yeah. assistant GM of the Boston Celtics. And there's been various um, incarnations of the wheel. The original one was so everybody picks once every 30 years, and you go to one, twenty-seven, nine, six. I'm, I don't have it exactly right, but that was one of the first ones. Then what Mike came up with was doing it into more like clusters. So you pick one through six um, one year, and then you pick 25 through 30, let's say, somewhere in there, the next. So there's been uh, various uh, tweaks to the lottery wheel and the lottery concept, and this has been going on a long time. So this is not a knee-jerk reaction to this year. This has been in the works for quite a while. We're just hearing about it publicly for the first time. Right. I guess I, right. my, my follow. I saw. I was sitting down looking at it with um, Bill James and Mike Zarin at the Sloan Analytics. It's fascinating. I'm gonna, when I ever get a chance, I'd like to write about it because uh, it's a it's a legit it's a really interesting uh, concept. See, and I, the the quote that popped out to me was Mike Mark Cuban's quote. Smart smart guy. 
And he says, mm-hmm. I, I like it in theory. The question I have is, how do you sell hope? So say you're Milwaukee this year and you're not, you're not in that cluster you're of the one through six. Right. You're in the cluster of 25 to 30. How, how, how do you sell your fan base? How do you promote your sport knowing that there isn't that light at the end of the tunnel? How else do you build a team when you can't get free agents to come to certain destinations? Yeah, it's a fair point. It's not perfect, um, this, this whole concept. The, the other thing that you hear, the criticism that you hear a lot about, is if you blow that first pick or that second pick, you, it's a while before you get another crack at it. But my feeling about that is, huh, do your job. Too bad. Do your job right. So I would like to see this, some, uh, some form of what Mike, Mike Zarin's just a brilliant guy, and I'd like to see some form of his handiwork come to pass because I know he's been working on it for a long time, um, he's got a, a fantastic mind. He was, he's, you know, a reasonable enough guy to adjust and listen to people and to try to um, eliminate some of the criticisms of the original concept. So I think it will come. I don't think it's imminent. Um, but I think Michael, Mike, and I'm sure other people are working on it with him now, will come up with something really good, and I, I'd like to see it. You know, Jack, I'm curious. I asked Max last night in Comcast uh, about the league MVP. And I know LeBron has won four of the last five years, and I think there's a right. difference between the best player in the league and MVP. Okay. He, he, he still says LeBron is the MVP. Can you, can you look at what Kevin Durant is doing I mean, without Westbrook for this, this stretch, a long stretch of the season, and say that he is more deserving this year? Or do you have LeBron? I, you know, I've, it's a really good question. I've been leaning towards Durant. Uh, it's not because LeBron hasn't been great, because the minute Durant started getting a lot of publicity, LeBron just cranked it up. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, you know, since he dropped that 61, that's when they, they've lost 6-9. and nine. So make of that what you will. Uh, I think LeBron is, a, is the best player in the world, but I think Kevin Durant is having an MVP season. Uh, the college basketball scene locally got a little bit of a shake-up, Jackie, with Steve Donahue uh, yes. finally uh-huh. getting the axe there at B.C., Right. Tommy Amaker's name has come up. Amaker, obviously the Duke connection, went to Michigan. Uh, not right. a great stretch there, but has gone to Harvard and been terrific there. Do you, mm-hmm. do you believe the reports that he is the number one top-of-the-line choice for BC to try to pry him away? Well, with the caveat that I've done no reporting on this, <laughs> none at all, because um, I don't want to pretend like I have, sure. it's, isn't it just an obvious choice? Uh, he's dynamic. He's a great recruiter. What a wonderful face of your uh, I was going to say franchise, but of your college team, you need to turn things around there. Uh, he's done it every place he's gone. Uh, I know in, at Michigan there was it wasn't the best ending, uh, but he makes a whole lot of sense for Boston College. I, I feel a little bad for Harvard because they're in the NCAA tournament, and this should be their time and their moment. And I think it's I'm sure he's a little frustrated because I'm sure it's been somewhat of a distraction for him and and maybe to a lesser degree his team. Uh, but, boy, I think B.C. hits a home run if they hire. Uh, uh, although I do think it's ironic, isn't it, that uh, Boston College, this uh, basketball, you know, supposedly the biggest powerhouse in this region, is going to go back-to-back hiring Ivy League coaches. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Listen, I think it's a great idea because it keeps him away from Ed Cooley, and I'm happy with him down at Providence. Oh, Ed Cooley's <laughs> killing it down there. Yeah, He's I, doing a great job. I'm with you. So, you know what, Amaker, God bless him. Keep Cooley yeah. down at P.C., and, you know, and I'm happy. A great, a great candidate. But I don't know if he would – if you're Ed Cooley, would you even do it? Yeah, you know how that works, Jackie. How much are they going to pay know. me? Money talks, All I right. know. But he's done a wonderful job with Providence College. Wonderful job. He's, he's terrific anyway. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I'm a big fan of Ed. Uh, last one for me, Jackie. You surprised a week later we still don't have any resolution on Vince Wilfork and his contract and where he's been the last couple of days. No, I'm not surprised at all because I think – 
what the Patriots are hoping is that cooler heads are going to prevail. Um, you know, Vince has made it known what he wants. That doesn't mean the Patriots have to do it. I think they're hoping they can still – it would just be better for everybody, wouldn't it, if they could figure something out here. Better for Vince, better for the team. I hope it works out. Uh, I was a little surprised um, that Vince has taken this route. But you know what? It's a business. We tell them that every single day of the week. So, you know, we hear that all the time. When the players get cut, when Vrabel gets shipped off to Kansas City, they're told, hey, man, it's a business. So, you know, he's, he's just playing that game too. I, I, I can't really criticize him for it. Jackie, thanks as always for the time. Enjoy the tournament this weekend. Did you fill out a bracket? Do you have a Final Four and a champ? I do. You should ask me that. Um, Do I have it right in front of me? It's Florida. Yep. I got Wisconsin in the Final Four. Me too. Oh, I do too. do you? Yep. Uh And I have Louisville. And then I have, who is it, Michigan or Michigan Michigan State? State. Michigan Michigan State, State. yeah. And I have Florida winning the whole thing, even though I know the overall number one seed never wins the whole thing. But I, I, I happen to have a little soft spot for Billy Donovan. This is how old I am, Lou. I covered him back in the day when he was, <laughs> when he was doughy Billy Donovan before he became svelte Billy Donovan and took him to the Final Four, Billy the Kid. I just think a lot of him personally and professionally. And I like I, – you can't name one Florida star, but they play like a team and they play with poise. So even though that's the obvious overall number one pick, I still went with it. I like that Final Four. Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? Um, Patino versus – Billy oh, Buchanan that'd be outstanding. And, and I think it'd be not a lot of people rooting for Ricky Patino up here in that one. I think he's a guy people are, are rooting against. I've heard that a lot. I don't want to root right. for him. But I, it's I, just, you know, it's the mentor and the protege, right? No, that'd be great. I'd love to see that. It'd be, It'd be a great you know, game. We love those storylines, we journalists. We do. We love them. <laughs> Jackie, great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. Basketball gets All underway. Right, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds fun. Uh, Jackie McMullen joins us every Thursday. Jackie, brought to you by our friends. At Toyota of Nashua and uh, by Commonwealth. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile Prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.